captain of Ingog. Akiva's faces his job in GOG with Keeve and Ellie and Zooey. Hey fam, welcome back to New Girl, Old Guy, uh, the number one podcast and old guy at this hour on Apple Podcasts. My name is Allie Lasher and I am joined by my wonderful co-host Akiva Winokur to talk about season two, episode 20 of New Girl Chicago. And this intro is the third time I've done it and the worst time I've done it. Hopefully it sticks. Akiva, mm-hmm. how you doing? Uh, well, you already know how I'm doing because it's the third time we've had this conversation. <laughs> Is this it? If there's no, not going to be a fourth, right? If this doesn't work, we'll just call it a night, I think. I, we call it a podcast and uh, we, we just wrap up. We call it a career. Up. That's <laughs> all podcasts we're done with. Have you ever lost a podcast that you recorded? Hold on. If, you, if you're saying it will be the end of all of your podcasts, <laughs> then oh, I yeah. will. This right <laughs> That's now. a good point. That's a good point. Abort mission. Yeah, multiple times. I, I've lost it with guests, too. Johnny Langan famously had to re-record a podcast. Brian and I have to had, have had to re-record a full podcast. It's horrible. I accidentally just ate a pretzel. I, I like, heard I your ate kids it, and were stirring. Like, mm, they're eating pretzels, so I took one. Yeah, I heard you say, you're eating pretzels in the middle of the night? I'm, do I have that squeaky of a voice, or was it uh, Yosa? Is, is that your Yosa? <laughs> what I loved about it was, like, and I feel like my dad was like this, too. You weren't coming from a place of, like, scolding, like, it's bad to eat pretzels. You're coming from a place of jealousy. Like, you're eating pretzels in the middle of the night. Less Why jealousy than incredul- incredulity. Like, I'm just, you know, <laughs> sort of giving up. I Listen, we've been stuck here for a week. We cannot leave the front door except maybe, I mean, even to throw out the garbage, which I did illegally at, like, 2 a.m. a couple times. Uh, we, like, everyone's going stir crazy. No one's in their right mind here. We, we you know, came back from America, and it's a mandatory one-week quarantine. You took a, you take a corona test before you get on the plane, then you take another one when you land. Uh, for The first one's for American Airlines, and then the second one was for... Right, you know what people have had enough of? Co- COVID, COVID content. content. Anyway, I'm, I'm so, like, so entertain me, people, because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm losing my, my mind here. I'm ex- literally excited to leave the house to take a corona test in the morning. All right, you want to know something incredible? Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> So this episode, Chicago, uh, directed by Jay Kasdan, written by our old friend Lou Rocky, uh, aired originally on March 26, 2013. And Kiwi, uh, believe it or not, I have actually never seen this episode in full before I watched it for this podcast. Shocking. It's honest. I'm stunned. I mean, some of these episodes you've probably seen five, ten times, right? At least. But? I don't know. It, it's really strange, and I didn't. I didn't know this. I knew this was one. I, I said in the beginning that there are some I skip, and we'll talk about those. You know, as we get to them. This is one that, like, I knew I skipped, and it's weird because, as you know, for the uninitiated, I'm DDS, uh, Dead Dad Society. My dad passed away six or so years ago, and um, I don't avoid those topics in media. I got Disney Plus to watch Onward. Like, I consume media related to it all the time. I don't understand why my practice with New Girl has been to skip it. What it does tell me is that I must have not seen New Girl for the first time until after my dad was sick. So two, at least two years after this episode even really aired. So it did, it did orient me. I think I watched the first season when it was on Fox and then kind of fell off and then watched it when it was on Netflix. So right. 
This was an interesting journey. So this will be the first and only episode of New Girl, Old Guy, where we're both new to the episode. Wild. So you had never seen any of it. I did not know. This is going to ruin something, but I'm just going to say it. I did not know that Nick Kroll guested on this show, and I did not know that Nick had a brother. <laughs> so, so that tells you a Nick Kroll does not come back. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe there's no We're not going to see missed. Nick Kroll. It's funny because... I feel like I mean everyone knows Nick Kroll. I think Nick Kroll knows no needs no introduction. But I don't know if this is a hot take. I think like Bill Burr is maybe like more famous than Nick Kroll and you didn't even mention it. I'm a, anyone who knows me yeah knows that I am a huge Nick Kroll fan. Yeah. No, and it would be And that Nick Kroll would reasons. be extremely more. I really don't know Bill Burr's work with the exception of knowing him from like the King of Staten Island, which I watched for the first time in the last year. Mm-hmm. I know that he's famous. I know that he's Ian, one of Ian's favorite comedians. Yeah. So I feel he guys who like Bill Ian. Burr. I think probably he has a lot of overlap with like, and he's, I don't even think he's right wing, but I think he has, he's, he has a lot of overlap with, like barstooly type people, Rogany type people. Even though I think he himself is not like <laughs> I'm that. I'm Ian that you said he's a barstool Rogany type guy. And he's definitely barstool. I think there is a divide. I'm not. But I don't think barstool. Bill Burr himself is at all. I'm. But I just think his audience skews very male. Although now he's so popular, I'm sure there. You know, it, it would be many, many women at his stand-up shows or whatever. But I think his like super fans do skew male. That's my guess. I would say that. The only people I know who are fans of Bill Burr are, like, very annoying about it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you like Jerry Seinfeld. You like yeah. Jim Gaffigan. You like John Mulaney. I like Bill Burr. And, like, he is a t- – <laughs> I've watched, like, some of his stuff when yeah. Ian, like, said that to me. And uh-huh. it's like, yeah, he's a fu- he's definitely a funny, talented comedian, but you don't need to be an ass about it. There's no, like, superiority in liking Bill Burr over any of those other white men. Yeah. Now, Nick Kroll is, like – a really ideal guy for you. I know you said Pally, but if Kroll was on the market, would you be interested? Because Kroll's CV is, he's very Jewish, right? He went to like Jewish school growing up, but he's not like Orthodox, you know? So it's really your wheelhouse. Um, (laughs) At the risk of sounding self-hating, as you know, I am rarely drawn to the Jewish man. I know, I know, I know. But Adam Pally was your guy, and he's Jewish. That's what I'm. That's what I'm just saying. Yeah, one hundred percent. But in a different way. He, as you said, like Nick Kroll is like more of the quote Jewish New York guy than Adam Pally is, which is yeah. why I'm more into Adam Pally. True. Um, he dated Amy <laughs> Poehler. Like, who wouldn't want to follow Amy Poehler, right? You, I, I, do you like Amy Poehler? I assume you do. I like Amy. Polar, and I like that you're selling man Nick Kroll. Like, I love Nick Kroll, but he doesn't crack the top five mm-hmm. of, like, no, are you, I have to Are track. you a big, big mouth guy or no? No. The monster scares me. Okay, so you're not a big, big mouth guy, but, of course, you famously love the league. And his dad is, like, uh, you know, like, you're one of the shadiest guys on the planet, and you, you're into that. You want his, uh, his dad's billions, so you'd be into him. I don't know anything about Nick Kroll's dad. Oh, Google his dad. It is a wild ride. Okay. His dad well, is, like... Imagine if there was, like, a private CIA and, like, who would run that CIA? That is Nick Kroll's dad. (laughs) All right. I know nothing about this. Nick Kroll is, like, on my best friend list with, like, Billy Eichner. Like, I would love to know Nick Kroll. I have no doubt that we'd hit it off. Yeah. I think they went to school together. I think they probably went to the same Salmon Schechter together, Kroll and and Billy Eichner. Are you kidding? Because Billy Eichner went to Stuyvesant. You mean for under for for like, like first school? to eighth or something? They went to they both uh, went to Salmon okay. Schechter. 
right. Well, but, let's move but on. Kroll, yeah. Okay. No, go ahead. You want to talk more about Kroll? No, I'm. I'm just. I'm just seeing if they if they're not the same age because I know Billy Eichner went went to school with. Um, yeah, I think they all went to. They I, all I think went. So. I think they went to. I think they all went to school together. Who's all of them? I think uh, like Julie Klausner, Billy Eichner, and and Nick Kroll. All right. You're not a Julie um, Klausner person. I am. I love difficult people. I told yeah. you the first scene, yeah. the first five minutes of difficult people is the most perfect moment in television okay. of all time. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that right, was so, great. All right. So no. So you don't have to ask me. Nick Kroll, Bill Burr will not return unless there's magically some other episode. Uh, where he, uh, you know, he shows up, but somehow you also didn't see that episode. I have that for Seinfeld. I had never seen many, many years after I'd seen every other episode like five times. I, I saw Can the I barber. Guess? Oh, sorry, oh. I just spoiled okay. it. The barber. <laughs> and what were you going to guess? Well, I would have guessed the Puerto Rican Day Parade because that was taken off television. No, I so mean, like, uh, I but I watched that live. Like, why would I? Have, you know, I'm I'm older than you, so I. I don't know why you wouldn't have watched the barber. Because I didn't watch that live. I didn't start watching Seinfeld live till like the middle of the run. And then we would have to. The only way to watch Seinfeld at that point, or really any TV show like that, would be to catch it in syndication. Assuming the show was popular enough, like Seinfeld was, to be syndicated, which it was. You know, didn't start probably till the fifth season of the show. So you're like, you know, they're probably only syndicating, you know, seventy episodes at that point or something. And like, if it was on Friday night, like Shabbat, I would just miss. Or if I was like away and I didn't tape it, you just miss that one. So I, I, I never saw the barber. You didn't miss much. No, it's one of the worst episodes. One of my favorite lines, though, that I use all the time out of context um, with the gesture is from the barber, which is, I'd like to have shoehorn hands. And this is the way Kramer makes like yeah. two little shoehorns in his hands. Great line. Mediocre episode. Yes. Missy, at, 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 by the time you're hearing this, uh, well, no, not yet. So I don't want to say what I'll be doing. Not that anybody here would like stalk me, but, you know, I got to look out for murderers. So we'll talk about that next week. Okay, fine. All right, let's talk about this the episode. world's nerdiest murderer. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, Kiwi, give us a little digest. I don't think we have any old business. No, um, pretty simple episode. So I guessed with um, w- when you said Chicago, I guess we'd go. What, what was my guess that we went back for a wedding? We went back to see his parents. What was well? My first, guess? we had to tell you that Nick was the one from Chicago. You said Winston, so I'm not going to give you credit on guessing it. I think you're going to guess next week, so I'm optimistic. Thought I guess Schmidt even, not Winston. Mm. Is that possible? No, no. You know what you did? You said like they're all going back to their like where they went to college, and it was ah like, yes, no. yes, yes. Okay, so Nick's dad dies. Now we met Nick's dad once. He was not a great guy. Are we happy he's dead? It's a complicated question. Maybe beyond the scope of this little podcast. <laughs> um, but anyway, he's no longer with us, and the whole crew travels to Chicago, to the Windy City. Did, were there any great Chicago landmarks this episode that you saw you were excited to see, or that we didn't really see anything in Chicago? Is that a rhetorical question to yourself no, during the digest? I've never been. We'll to Chicago, talk about so. that later. Obviously, producer okay, Kelly. Living I've in never Chicago, been to Chicago. I have a question about that. Producer Kelly's never invited me. You never invited me when you were at Northwestern. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, uh, I, I've never been to the city of Chicago, but maybe one day we'll do New Girl Live from Chicago. Um, to, uh, and so he has to plan the funeral. There's an Elvis impersonator involved. Nick's mom, I hope everyone's sitting down for this, is Margot Martindale. That's a big <laughs> surprise. His brothers are the aforementioned Nick Roll and Bill Burr. And the wedding gets pretty wacky. That's about the whole episode. To be clear, funeral, Bill Burr funeral, not is... Wedding. But Bill Burr is his cousin, not uh, his brother. Okay, not his brother. Okay, he's his cousin. Because um, they do not... Other sides of the family. Like, Nick Kroll and Bill Burr could not be brothers. 
Well, Nick is not Jewish, so Nick Kroll is playing a non-Jewish man. I know. It's problematic, but also Nick Kroll and Bill <laughs> it's Burley. Pro- it's problematic. Okay, so now Jews can only play Jews. That's, That's your right. take. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, a lot to unpack here for what you called a straightforward or simple episode. Um, let's start with some overarching questions from Max Stewart and producer Kelly. Kelly says, how do you think the episode did balancing the serious with the levity? And then I could tell you Kelly's take unless you want to respond first. No, tell me tell Kelly's take. Kelly's take is a little spotty throughout the episode. The balloon huffing at the beginning was probably the funniest, but the Elvis stuff was way too much. The Elvis stuff was definitely the low light of this episode and really of any episode in the last few uh, shows. The balloon stuff was was one of the higher points of the series. It was just so funny and really perfect. Of the episode uh, of the series, uh, of like of the last of the last bunch, I'm saying it was like one okay. of the more annoying parts that we've dealt with in season two. Um, no, the balloon. The balloon. You said no. Was a the high balloon point. was. Oh yeah, balloon was one of the high points. Uh, just like a very funny <laughs> bit. I laughed and I laughed. That was very funny. <laughs> Because it was like, are they going to, like, I thought, like, okay, they're just going to be like, hey, we'll all come with you to Chicago. But I had forgotten in that second that they had huffed the balloons and they all still had the balloon helium voice, you know? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I mean, I will say I did laugh out loud a couple times in this episode. And part of it is, like, again, like, when you're watching something fresh eyes, it's funnier than when you're watching it for the hundredth time. Mm -hmm. When, at the end, when, I think all of my LOLs came from Schmidt. When he said, I feel really transported to the ghetto when they were singing yeah. the Elvis song. Like, that got a chuckle out of me, which is tough to do alone in an apartment when someone's watching. Um, I am higher on this episode. I, I, it's not one of my favorites, obviously. Like, I haven't missed it. But I don't know. I thought they did. I, I'll say this. If they took one more joke out of the show, it would mm-hmm. have flopped miserably. Like, any just joke? when it was getting, I think any joke. I just think just when it was getting like very serious, they'd like crack a joke or something funny would happen, even if it didn't land. And I think it was like required to remember you're watching New Girl and you're not watching like some Jake Johnson co-written emotional piece about his father dying. Um, but I, I'm probably higher on this episode than maybe you or Kelly seem to be. Matt Stewart says, and and the Elvis stuff was crazy, but like. We did get an episode where we saw how ridiculous Nick's dad is. You see how ridiculous Nick's family is. So it tracks that there would be this, like, ridiculous task slash theme. And it really just highlights, like, how much Jess cares about Nick. So I was, like, enjoying those moments between them and, like, ignoring the Elvis stuff. Um, Yeah, no, that's interesting. I I found myself less engaged in this episode than any in a while. Just because, like, I didn't care so much about – it's weird because, like, you, the episode needs you to not care about Nick's dad or else it's really heartless, right? And you, we saw him once, so he's not, like, an established character, and he was a bad guy. Um, Interesting. I don't know that I agree with that, right? Like, I think – and maybe I've just, like, thought a lot – like, I've had people come to me and say, like – who complain about relationships with their dad or had very strained relationships with their dads and then look at me and are like, ooh, sorry, like, I shouldn't be complaining about, like, my, like, terrible father. And I'm like, nah, like, I would always... The amount of times I've told people, like, no, I'd rather have had my dad for 24 years than a dad I didn't like for my whole life. Sure. Um, 
So, like, to me, this is, like, a very real story that a sitcom took on, but a very real process some people are unlucky enough to go through where they lose their parent, and rather than being auto-sad, it's complicated feelings. And I think Nick doesn't hate his dad, but Nick isn't devastated by the loss. They weren't close. He had to be the man of the house in certain times and whatever. So to me, it was less a story of like, oh, you have to hate Nick's dad and more you have to feel like what it could be like to have complicated feelings about your parents slash to see Nick have to like step up in this way inside of his family life. It's so interesting to see like maybe that's why he's such like a recluse in his own life because he grew up with like all of this pressure to support his family. That was a new dynamic that I didn't know. <laughs> like that's a new layer of Nick's character that I had never known watching the show. Yeah, the fact that he openly told me like Winston better is wild. Uh, you know, and they, they want you to like realize like, okay, yeah, this guy sucked and it's fine. Like Jess reminds okay, me. Okay, I just totally said the opposite of that. I don't agree with that, Keith. <laughs> I know, I know. I, but I, I'm like... But they also I'm just saying like they really want you, in my opinion, at the beginning of the episode to like they just mentions and you don't always see this on this show. Like, right. hey, like, remember, like, I only know this guy from the one shady deal we tried to make. And then he just, you know, sh- you know, screwed me over and the weird thing in the parking lot and stuff like that. I think and, and I agree with you. And I think my my interpretation of that was ever not everyone, most people's inclination would be to think your father dies, you're devastated. And so it's like less to be like, he's such a horrible person. Cause then like, why is Nick, why is Nick's mom upset? Why is Nick's brother sobbing? Why is Nick not just like, well, I don't mom care. I'm says, not like, coming. He, what did she say? He was like a legend or he was like an angel or something like that. No, she says like that bastard was an angel, you know? An like angel. It's, yeah. He's complicated. So I think all of that, like, because if he really was so terrible, right, Nick would be like, I'm not doing any of this work. I'm not helping you. The mom wouldn't be upset. Like, Might not even so, go back, yeah, if he was that bad. So I, I think all of that, I agree with you. Like, that is definitely, like, they're putting their foot on the gas with that. But it's to sort of fight against your natural inclination to be your dad's dead and you're devastated unequivocally. I'm very curious if we see Margot Martindale again, honestly. Because you tell me, I think we do. But, uh, you know, she sort of gets bigger probably after this. It wouldn't blow my mind if we don't, honestly. But I, if I had to guess, I think maybe we do. Um, I forgot what the rules are. The rules are if you don't, I tell you. If you're wrong, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're wrong. She doesn't come back. Oh, wow. So we don't see... Well, you're sort of right. You said you, you kind of split the baby on that one. Yeah, I split the baby. I, I Like, I, it's fine. Like, Nick is a very important character on the show, so it's interesting we don't really see his family unless he has some more magical siblings or something. But that is interesting. Um. Okay. So... And also, that's the risk of, like, hey, we're going to make these famous people his siblings. It's like, oh, it's going to be really hard to bring them back if we want to, you know? Well, can we talk about how they got Dennis Farina to just lay in the cast? I was like, normally you'd you'd just see a closed casket if they had like a celebrity. Like the fact that he's only utilized to like lay there. Did you think he was going to be like faking his death or something as like a con man? Not really. I didn't. It didn't occur to me. But I, I, that is a good point you're bringing up. Like, I wonder if the last time he was there is like, hey, we'll give you five extra thousand dollars. We need you for like two minutes to just lay in this coffin because next time you you're, you're seeing you're going to be dead. You know. I always wonder, like, if they want to kill off a character. I'm sure this happens on on network shows all the time. It's like, hey, you know, calling in uh, Catherine Heigl. Like, come in here. We got to kill off your character. 
And she's like, hell no. And they're like, well, we're filming the scene tomorrow. She's like, well, I'm not coming. I, I think this happens all the time on TV. And it's like, you have to pay them more money or then they end up getting killed off screen. It's tricky, right? I don't know. Um, interesting fact, not a fun fact, but just an interesting one, that Dennis Farina actually died three months after this episode aired. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I mean, he's also at the end of his life, uh, at the end of his career, like maybe he was looking for work. Maybe it was like, all right, you know, it's one day or literally an hour. We'll fly in, give you uh, sag min, and uh, sag we, just min. Need you for, we just need you for a couple uh, – we need you for, you know, a couple, couple shoots, and, and then you could go. But it is interesting. I agree. We did not need to see him. And they make so, a big deal of, like, right, of, like, oh, it's an open casket, and Schmidt. And is that a Jewish thing? I don't know, because we don't normally see the body. But he's like, I've never seen this before. You're anticipating all of the questions. Yeah. <laughs> I have been to one wake. I think we discussed, because you went to wake recently, right? And we, we talked about this, you and I. I don't think we talked about the wake I went to on the podcast. Oh, not on the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> But, like, I, be, I went to Awake, and it was like, uh, you know, we don't really see these too often in our, with our people. In high school, I went to a couple wakes, like, of grandparents of, like, high school friends of mine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so Matt Stewart asked, like, what's the difference between the funeral we saw? We're really getting ahead of ourselves. But that's what we do here. Uh, what's the difference between the funeral we saw and a Jewish funeral? Which I think Matt Stewart's acknowledging that this was not, like, a religious funeral at all. Right. This was just this was just like a a, a secular wake. But right? it's funny because actually, like, it's not a wake because a wake would be usually like you walk in, you say hello to the family. Like this was the wake is before the funeral. the funeral, right? Yeah, I, the wake I went yeah. to was like here's the body, funerals in the morning or something. Right. So um, we could tell them about uh, Jewish, uh, uh, you know, uh, funeral things. I only know really my dad's Jewish funeral, but I don't know Mm -hmm. if that was like typical. It was Um, in a temple. It was in a synagogue. Yeah. So uh, a lot of times you will have a, you know, like the the eulogies in um, one place like the bodies there. Of course, it's not, you know, the, the person is not visible. And then you will drive to the cemetery and bury the person. Right. Yeah. So. Right. So the way it was set up at my synagogue, well, this is too much information, whatever. I spoke at my dad's funeral. So did my mom, my brother, his, one of his brothers and one of his best friends. Um, and people, it was so interesting with, with Nick, with the eulogy. And again, like as somebody, not to humble brag on Nick, but as someone who was devastated when my dad died, like honestly, the eulogy is like the only thing I wrote. Do we even call it a eulogy? I didn't call it. I mean, like the speech I made, whatever. Um, yeah, the, the, I mean, the Hebrew word is hesped, but yeah. Okay. I sat down. I wrote it. Mm-hmm. I read it out loud to my mom and to the friend. No notes. There's the only time in my life, like, I sat down and wrote it. No notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, easiest thing I ever wrote in my life, which is weird, but, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. people came up to me and were like, I can't believe you spoke. And it's true. It's, like, hard to get up there and, like, speak about your dad in front of all these people. And he's dead sure. and you're grieving. But that was the craziest part. It's like Nick passing off the eulogy to yeah. Jess. But I think that goes with <laughs> Nick's character, right? Like, and it goes he, with the complicated relationship. I'm in charge of the eulogy, and I didn't even feel close to him. Like, what do I say? Mm-hmm. It's also interesting, honestly, because he comes back home, and it's, like, just a blur of chaos when they walk in the house. And then, like, his brother and his cousin are like, uh, look at, you know, they call him college, which is funny. He must be, like, the only guy from his, you know, friend group or neighborhood who went to college. And, like, to them, Nick is some fancy L.A. hotshot. And in our world, he's sort of this underachieving loser. Right, it's, it, well, it's, it's, it was interesting to me. Nick a loser. 
Why, you I can't be hot and a loser? Like <laughs> <laughs> Is that the rule? The other thing I want to plug for... So, like, I actually think um, Jews do a really good job of, like, grief rituals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To, to fit... Right. To finish what I was saying, like, then, then they go straight to Shiva usually right then and there. Although, I, I assume, like, the first couple hours are usually just, like, immediate family and stuff. And then, like, by the night or the next day, it's, like, literally, like, open hours and the doors open and people could come and go. Well, because then there's also, like, there's, like, a second ceremony called, like, an unveiling where they, like, reveal the, like, gravestone or whatever. Yeah. But that, like, that's usually, like, a year, year later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's really nice to have, like, a second kind of ceremony that mm-hmm. is another reason that, like, fewer people come to than the funeral, sure. but it's still sort of like a gathering. It's like, they really do a good job getting you through it if you, if you, you even if you pick and choose the rules. Like, that's a good, it's like, I recommend following Jewish mm-hmm. grieving rituals if mm-hmm. you're going through it. Um, but I told you, have I said this on the podcast? I guess there'd be no reason to. So my dad's best friend growing up from, like, two years old is, like, an Italian guy, um, who now lives in a different state, but he was also good friends with my mom because they all went to high school together. Mm-hmm. And we invited him over as Akiva, you were setting up. Like, you have din- everyone's like sending you deli platters. Yeah, I've heard the story a lot of times, but I don't think you've said it on the <laughs> podcast. So, um, you think it's worth telling? Yes. Yeah, it's funny. So, so like, this is also, like, not super traditional at Shiva, but we had, like, my dad had, like, a house white wine and a house red wine. So, we had wine on offer. And we, usually, like, immediate family come over to eat dinner. And then people come, and there's, like, cookies and fruit and whatever for Shiva. And so we had Frank. We're like, Frank, come in, like, have dinner with us, whatever. And he had never, he didn't know what Shiva was. And we're giving him, like, you know, pastrami and rye bread. And then I'm like, do you want wine? And he's like, I'm digging Shiva. <laughs> this is great. It's not what happens. Uh, but yeah, anyway, maybe I'll cut that. But I always laugh at that. I'm digging Shiva. Uh, yeah, no, that, that is, uh, it is a funny line. Uh, right, and I also think like different people have different, like the Orthodox Shiva sometimes can be very somber and um, not always. But, like, there wouldn't be a lot of jokes. But then in the non-Orthodox circles, a lot of times it is more of a celebration of, like, you know, just telling funny stories, a little more informal. Not always, but that's, that's what I found from going to a million Shiva house. One of, the, so, one of the crazy things about being a rabbi is my dad, and my grandfather's complained about this, you know, for 40 years that my dad's been a rabbi. And my grandfather's not Orthodox. Like, my dad truly goes to, like, four Shiva houses a week just because, like, he knows a lot of people. He works in a couple different places, you know, a school and a camp and a synagogue and, like, and he has 40 years of students, and he lives in a community where he's a rabbi. So it's like, truly, he could go to a shiva every single night of his life, like, within reason. So, well, that's it, devastating. Is that, is, but is that because he's performing a service? There's also a service no, at the shiva. No, he's, but, not, okay. he's not usually, like, he has, but he's not generally, because he's a high school rabbi, and he has a small synagogue, so he's not usually the officiant, but he's, you know, often, like, like the rabbi of, you know, let's say a student's parent dies or something like that. And then, you know, so he would, like, go to the shiva or go to the funeral or something. So he's... Anytime you speak to him, he's usually on the way to or from some sort of <laughs> test so thing. It's so interesting, too, because, like, the practice of, like, everyone comes to your house. Mm-hmm. So, like, coworkers of mine, when I was a paralegal, like, came. It was so nice of them. And, like, t- my mom is a middle school teacher, right? So, like, all these teachers, like, friend, Like, people mm-hmm. who would not normally be in your home right. Right. are now in your home during your, like, absolute the most vulnerable time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But it really does work because, A, it keeps your mind off it. B, you wouldn't want to travel anywhere. Like, see, like right. there's all this food around you all the time. And by the time, like, seven days are up, you're sort of like, all right, I could be alone for a minute. Mm-hmm. But it's a yeah. – it is and, – and to pay a shiva call, that's the terminology, paying a shiva call, mm-hmm. is, is also strange. Like, to go into someone's home if they're not your, like – friend where you yeah unless it's your your immediate relative or your best friend yeah it can be for especially if you haven't done a lot it can be like nerve-wracking sometimes there's a million people there and then you're sort of like all right you know what am i doing like like i've got to make eye contact and sometimes it's like (laughs) just you and a person you're not super close with or like or there's like three people and it's like your friend but it's also like their brothers who you don't know or something we're all sitting there you know this has only talked me out of flying in for god forbid for your funeral oh no That's a, did we talk about that on NGOG or is that yeah, a nap special? Yeah, I think I think that came up at, at one of the first episodes. All right, we we're on the second. Yeah, um, we're on the second we question of yeah. of my notes here, mm-hmm. <laughs> like Matt Stewart. How did the somber tone of the episode come across after the cancer scare episode fell a bit flat? I thought the same thing, Matt. That to me, the way Schmidt acts is once again, it's consistent with how he acted with Nick's cancer scare but inconsistent with how I would expect Schmidt, who, like, loves Nick so much to act. Mm-hmm. I thought that the tone in general was very up and down. I didn't think it was out of bounds for the show, but I just thought it was directed in a weird way where we were sort of all over the place here. Like, there wasn't, like, one story to tell. It was just, like, a, a mess of things happening. I like that because we can blame that for, like, how messy this episode has been. Absolutely. It is. I think it's one of the harder episodes to podcast about, also, honestly. Um, yeah, you really set us up when you said it was a simple episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think like Schmidt continues to fail Nick in these like crisis situations when Nick, when Schmidt is supposed to be like the head of the loft, the only one who could pay bills, the only one who could keep like an executive level job. And Jess is like weird, 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 like awkward turtle, like let go from her job, like, you know, whatever. And then she's the one who's, like, able to come to Nick's rescue. I like it for, like, the progress of the show and the relationships, but I just don't believe that who I know Schmidt to be would, like, fumble the ball at his best friend's father's funeral and suggest that he can't go. Although, as you know, I had my own best friends fumble their own things, but that's for another podcast. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe I just talked my way into thinking that that could happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, so Jess shows up with balloons. (laughs) Yeah. Now we're back to the beginning of the episode. <laughs> I mean, we get the balloon bit. I liked what was written on them. I, I will never not think sucking the helium is funny. Mm-hmm. Do we know if that's bad for you? Has that been determined? I feel like my mom used to warn me against it. Doing I wasn't it like once school. or like doing it every day? I feel like doing it every day is bad. I, can, is it really bad to do it like once? I don't know. Doing anything every day is bad. What about drink Coke Zero? Even good things. Working out like excessively every day is bad. Work, that's why I don't work out because I'm worried I'll start doing it every day. <laughs> <laughs> I Mara came in to fix the keyboard. It was a great live. Uh, did she fix it, by the way? She did. She did. My keyboard wasn't working. I, nothing was unplugged. I had no idea. And I was just like, I, I didn't even want her to do it. And and she's like, got down and went behind the computer and did it. What was the? Yeah. So you. But Mara said, get out of the way. I oh, yeah. Because I was sitting you. there. <laughs> and you go, what? Am I not skinny enough? <laughs> yeah. Because she had to like, dr- she had to like walk past me. And I didn't realize like she needed me to move. So I thought it was like, uh, you know, 
Was she calling me fat? I don't know. But <laughs> She was not calling you fat. She was trying to fix what is almost certainly a very minor issue that you should have been able to fix. I, I mean, I definitely could have. I just I was like confused. It was plugged in. I don't know what she did even. Speaking of Shiva being a little invasive, although, again, I encourage people to go to Shivia. Shivia. I mm-hmm. like Shiva mm-hmm. as a concept. Very invasive that the three of them go home with Nick and presumably stay in his mother's house. Where do they stay? Yeah, that's a good insane, question. Insane. Absolutely insane to barge yeah. in. I don't care how close they've been to barge in on his Like maybe one of mother. them, like my best friend will sleep on the floor. Okay, fine. You know? Three of them, one of whom is a stranger? Nah, <laughs> not happening. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. A lot of people's moms wouldn't want that on a Tuesday. Like, hey, we're down for a day. Like, no, (laughs) not three of you. You, Fat Schmidt could come. Not the two, not not Winston and. Yeah, I know. know. Winnie and Fat Schmidt, I'm familiar with. (laughs) Um, But this, as we already said, this was littered with guest stars, including the the old woman, Ellen Albertini Dow from The Wedding Singer, Mm -hmm. uh, played Nick's like aunt or great aunt, Margot Martindale, Bill Burr, Nicole. Producer Kelly says, who's better casting for a set of parents? Jamie Lee Curtis and Rob Reiner as Jess's parents or Margot Martindale and Dennis Arena as Nick's parents? Uh, Matt Stewart also wants us to rank uh, where these people fit in our guest star celebrity rankings. I really wish we had uh, kept track of them from the beginning. Yeah, maybe someone could make us a list or something. I, I, I don't love I'll start that. now. I don't love that Nick's parents are out of the picture already. I, I, I have no problem with, with Farina or with uh, Margot Martindale. I think it's weird that he has these kind of like loser but tough parents because I almost think like what if Nick came from like this like uh, like a stock where it's like Nick was the loser in the family and he went to law school but then he drops out and it's like well he's in LA but he's not really doing anything and he's a bartender and he's a disappointment rather than like this weird thing where he's almost like the one who made it out of town even though town is not like a small town in, in middle America it's it's uh, the large city in middle America so it's you know what I mean? It's weird that these are his parents. It's weird that we're in season two and Nick is the second main character on the show and we're really not going to see his family again, it seems like. So I, I'm, I'm more of a fan of Jess's parents, and I assume we'll see them again. So I like Nick's parents for Nick. I actually like this storyline. I think, like, the whole part of Nick is that, like, he's got struggles, but he's redeeming, and it can't just be that he's hot, right? He's, like, scrappy. He's down to earth. He's a little cuckoo. And I think his parents explain a lot of that. Mm. Um, I also think, like, if Nick had this, like, cushy life, is he dropping out of law school in his third semester? Like, Nick has kind of, everything Nick's done has been self-motivated, right? He hasn't had, like, external pressure of his parents or, like, family expectations. So I like that, yes, I think it could have been written, as you're suggesting, that he was, like, all of his brothers are doctors and he's, like, the disappointment. But I like that he's sort of, like, the hero. Because, like, in The Loft, many times in the episodes we've watched, he's sort of, like, the voice of reason at the end of the episode. He's sort of the unlikely hero of the episode, and that's who he's been for his whole life. So I think it makes a lot of sense to me, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying, and have we, we've seen Winston's mom only, right? And we've seen Schmidt's, what, have we met Schmidt's parents? I don't think we have. No, we, we don't, we haven't. Okay. So we're five out of eight so far. Okay. Um, but no then CC who's the most famous? Also. Yeah. No CC, not close enough with Nick, which I'm, I'm, I mean, I think they should be doing more with CeCe, but I'm glad they didn't, like, force it like CeCe would come. 
because she wouldn't come to this. No, and it would be out of place. I agree. But in general, I don't think Cece... I think Cece's a good enough character at this point that she... Sh- I, I know it's tricky right now with Schmidt. And also, like, is she going to bring her new dude? But, like, she should be in almost every episode. She should not be in, like, every other episode. I think if you're writing in a scene, the scene I would imagine would have been cut from this is Cece's, like, cuckoo wedding planning, and Jess is, like, hitting her up of, like, do I go or not? Do I go or not go? Winston and Schmidt are flying to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Where am I at with Nick? Am I the girl? Like, sort of the George Costanza. Am I the girlfriend? Am I the friend? Am I close mm-hmm. enough friends to go? And that would have been Cece being like, his, you know, his father died, you go. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, it would have been shoehorned. And maybe she could have been in the loft, like, doing the helium stuff, but not coming or something. But, yeah. Um, so who's the most famous guest star of the four, three main guest stars we saw this episode? You the already pretty... said, I guess, Bill Burr, you think, is more famous than Nick Roll. I don't, I mean... Big Mouth's pretty big. He he's not shown on the show, even though it's his show. Um, it's pretty close. Uh, Bill Burr has more Twitter followers, but that's you know it's close enough, like one point eight to one point four or something, that it's not. Margot Mondale was not that well known. She is like a you know a big part of BoJack Horseman, which is very popular also. So they're all like, I, I mean, Margot's definitely the last by far, but she's much more famous now than she was then. Interesting. See, I feel like she's higher brow. She is. Oh, yeah. No, like in the pecking order, she's higher brow. But um, like if we were the Oscars or let's say we're the Emmys, we're like, okay, we need a presenter. We have three options. All right. You're the producer. Oh, I can see you're the producer. You're like yelling at me a lot. If you're (laughs) if yeah, yelling at you. It's so annoying that you say that. I was so nice to you when you screwed me earlier today. No, no, no. Um, I, I, I just mean like I could see you as like a big time producer. I think you'd be good at this. So I, bi- I have been told that before. Yeah. No, I'm saying producers are good, but they can be like I know from TV. Like they can be they can, you know, they can be like you got to be on top of things. I'm, right, I would so not be good at that. So you come to me I'm and saying. you're like Burr, Kroll or, or Martindale. We need one of them to intro like best lead actor in a in a commercial. See, here's I think I think if you're at the Oscars or the Emmys, mm-hmm. or the Tonys, mm-hmm. that Nick Kroll is the only person who would make sense across all three of those uh-huh. major awards. Summaries, and the Golden Globes. Yeah. R.I.P. I, I think Martindale would be fine. Burr would be like, why is he here? No, Unless Martindale he to me would be asked for the Tonys, but to me, Nick Kroll spreads more, Yeah. like uh, has broader range. She could do an Emmy. She was like, broader appeal. Fine. She won an Emmy. She's an Emmy winner. Are we? I know. I'm looking at her catalog right now. But are we citing Justified as like she's big on Justified? She could show up at the Emmy Awards. I guess not. I don't think people would be like LOL because I think people do like her, Margot Martindale, when she shows up. But I, I hear what you're saying that she's not. Uh... I think she's got big. I think she's a list in that she's like highbrow. Like I think oh, Margot Martindale's in this. Like yeah. she's she has been selective in her uh filmography i would say from what i'm looking at did you you didn't see sneaky pete did you no oh no sneaky pete is not what i'm thinking of i was thinking of um harrison pete no sorry harrison pete and sneaky pete are different things if it's not young hot people on an island i probably haven't seen it no it is uh harrison pete is the opposite of young hot people on an island. it's old <laughs> ugly people uh, some of whom in, are in sex room. criminals in, in a bar the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, but interesting. Oh, but she's going to be an impeachment American crime story. That's big. Oh, who is she playing? Is she Linda Tripp? It says she's playing uh, Lucianne Goldberg. I, that's got to be Linda Tripp, right? Yeah, that's Linda Tripp. Okay. Ah, uh, I yes. think so. Is it? Uh, so, yes. No, it's not. It's somebody she, else. No, her. sorry. She advised Linda ah, Tripp. okay, okay, okay. So she must be – but I, I – I wonder if it's like a catch-all character because I don't see Linda Tripp. Wait, in why me. did you think – I got confused. Why did you think me saying Lucien Goldberg would have to be Linda Tripp? Like you thought that was an alias? Oh, you know what? Linda Tripp is – oh, Sarah Paulson. Linda Tripp's literally the star of the whole thing. No, because she could play Linda Tripp. She could play Linda so Tripp, I th- like, so I, I she's thought li- I, Here's what I thought. Here's what I thought. I figured – I figured. I felt Luci- dumb. I just went with you. I th- Lucien Goldberg I, – I, like we, I was young during the Clinton impeachment trial, young-ish. And I don't remember who she was, so I assume, like, they didn't want to get sued, so they made a composite character that wasn't Linda Tripp, and that's who she's playing. Because Margot Martindale, like, sort of looks like Linda Tripp. That would be, like, an obvious move. But Sarah Paulson, I'm shocked, is playing Linda Tripp. Sarah Paulson is 46 and, like, not the same as Linda Tripp. I think you should go to Linda Tripp's Wikipedia and you'll understand with the photo why she, like, I think she could be Sarah Paulson-y and I think Mm, that Lucienne Goldberg looks more like Margot Martindale. Yeah. Well, I won't speak ill of the dead. Linda Tripp uh, no longer with us, but, uh, and Beanie Feldstein is Monica Lewinsky. Fascinating. Okay. Ready for me to bring this all together? Please. Annalie Ashford is playing Paula Jones. And when I went to see Oh Hello, which stars John Mulaney and Nick Kroll on Broadway, and Annalie Ashford was the guest star that they brought up, that they bring up a guest star every week. Wow. So So someone must have canceled earlier that day. (laughs) Annalie Ashford is a Broadway them. I know, but she's not like that. A lot of those were like A listers. That's like the least famous person they had on that whole run. You know what? I am not sure. No. Am I wrong? Like, I don't. I don't know who she is. Well, you're, you know... uh, Uncultured swine. Yeah, an uncultured swine is what I was trying to think of. Yeah. No, Annalie Ashford, I was like in the row, the same row as her. Annalie Ashford is a Broadway them. But is it Steve Martin who was filmed on the Netflix special? No, of course not. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think. I also saw Fame Becomes Me with Martin Short, and they always brought up a guest star, and I can't even remember who the guest star was. Mm -hmm. That's bad. Yeah, uh, here are some of the people. Jesse Eisenberg, John Oliver... Kansas okay, Bergen. but they're running eight shows a week. So, like, yeah, they had true, some hits, true. but, like, to have a Broadway yeah. person come is, like, probably someone who lives in New York who's, like, for, mm-hmm. like a Broadway star. Yeah, pretty light lifting, honestly. You take, a, take an Uber, do 20 minutes. They're, it's very easy. She has 25,000 followers. She has fewer followers than, like, Wiggler and Taryn. She's not famous. She's a Broadway them, is what I said. I didn't uh-huh. say she's... Well, she's about to blow up. Her stock is on the rise. She's yeah. playing someone in American Story. When's that starting? That'll be good. I don't know. All right, let's please move on. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so who are you putting at number one? We didn't even answer the question. In terms of fame? Do any of these people knock off any of the previously most famous people? No. Which I think... Who, who, do we even remember who was the number one most famous person? Do we think it was uh, Rob Reiner slash um, Jamie Lee Curtis? I think Jamie Lee Curtis is still number one, yeah. You think Jamie Lee Curtis is more famous? Like historically. Like <laughs> so maybe not hard. in 2021, but she's had the best career for sure, you know? All right. 
Let's like, just like Jamie Lee Curtis was. She was legitimately a star. No. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, is Nick Kroll or Bill Burr? Can they lead a movie? I don't think so. Could Bill Burr could Curtis? lead a, like a like a seven million dollar movie. And Nick I, Kroll too. I, can 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 are they blockbuster leading men right now? No, of no. course not. They're not even. And like I think Jamie Lee Curtis can carry. A major film could mm-hmm. in her career carry did. a major film certainly did did, did. has maybe will maybe. all right mm-hmm. let's uh talk about elvis P- producer kelly says if you had to have an iconic musician as the theme for your funeral who would it be uh, what's the question if you had to have an iconic musician as the okay. theme for your funeral okay so it's like a fake okay so it's a fake version of is it like an Elvis impersonator, but for which actor? Which singer? Musician. Which musician? musician? Uh, okay. Um, Sting. Who's the guy? Who do you like? I don't like, like Sting. No, what's it, who am I confusing <laughs> it with? Pearl Jam? I don't Pearl like Jam. Pearl Jam. Yeah, but Jam. I wouldn't want like a band there. That's like Someone weird. else bald. Uh, so, <laughs> you think I only like bald people? Well, I know. I, was, I knew I was thinking of someone who's bald. Um, Eddie's not bald. Oh. Eddie has his hair. <laughs> Who am I thinking of? You're thinking of REM, maybe, or <laughs> Michael Stipe? I'm thinking of. <laughs> I don't want to tell you. Oh, no. <laughs> um, huh. I'm I was think- thinking of Moby. <laughs> <laughs> that is so. That is so off. <laughs> that is so off. You didn't watch the Woodstock '99 documentary on HBO, right? Oh, I missed it. I'm such a music person. It's so weird. Uh, anyway, yeah, M- Moby is in there, and like Moby's famously insufferable and like not a nice guy and very annoying, and he's like just so insufferable in that he pl- he played at Woodstock '99, but it was like a disaster, and he was like, uh, uh, you know, just bashing it. But yeah, he sucks. <laughs> Moby sucks. I that would not. That would be great. A Moby, like a Moby <laughs> impersonator. <laughs> Imagine. Um, who would be good? I think like I- I'm trying to think who yours would be. I think like uh, like let's say you wanted to be classy. I only let's... like three musical artists. I know, I know, I know. Jane Taylor is not famous enough. Like, she could <laughs> play it herself. She, she could play it herself. Um, I think Long Island. You get a fake Billy Joel. I think that's that's like very Long, Long Island. Long... Are you talking about me or you? Like me. You said for me. Good. Thank God. Well, you just said you. No. Said oh no. no. For you, you it's a fake Bruce. Island. For you, it's a face, fake Bruce Th- Springsteen. For me, it's um, uh, Billy Joel. No. For me, it's obviously Lizzo. What to me? I want to have a big. I want to have a big party. You want to have a big party. You want a Lizzo impersonator. I mean, a couple years ago, you could have gotten Lizzo. Now you can't get close. To I Lizzo mean, where is my money going? I'm, I'm, as you like to say, a single, childless, unmarried person. Oh, like, I, maybe oh, yeah, I, I say, pay that, Lizzo. say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, you have no, I you have no children. That. You live alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. That was a great impression of yourself. Yes. It was like, you have nothing going for you. Um, I was talking to yeah. someone who was like, maybe I need to start watching New Girl again. And I was like, I know a podcast where they sometimes talk about New Girl, but mostly accidentally talk about Jewish culture. Or I get made fun of for being an unmarried, childless never, person in my never, 30s. Never. It's never. <laughs> we happened. literally have receipts. Well, first of all, you've barely been in your 30s. Like, how, how many episodes <laughs> have you even been? Um, yeah, you never call us two adults in our 30s. I haven't done that in a little while. Well, I'm also like, <laughs> I'm only a month away from turning 38. Well, you'll um, be in your 30s. I, I, I have a prediction. When you're 40, I don't know you anymore. 
Oh, stop. <laughs> well, but you know, we'll be done with this already. Yeah, this should be done by then. <laughs> it has to. This has to be done. We're, we're it's like a, a clock. Oh my God, we haven't gotten to anything. So Margot Martindale hates uh, Jess at first, mm-hmm. and Kelly wants to know if I've ever dated a guy whose mom reacted to me in that way. Kelly, come on. Please. Have you? Of course not. No, she kills with the parents. Everyone, we, we've, this is well-trodden territory. Uh, like the gentle racism from Margot here. Is she Spanish? I don't know you. I don't know your people. Your people, Very yeah. Very strange. Yeah, it's a little strange. It's not necessary, but they're trying to show, like, this is not Nick's. These are not Nick's type of people. You know, he's he's come a long way. Um, But, all right, I think we actually covered, like, a lot of this. Uh, there were some laughs, I thought, with Bobby and Jamie, with Nick Kroll and Bill Burr's characters, where they're like, you guys going out? And they, like, do the eyebrows. You know, like, whoever denied it supplied it. Nick yeah. Kroll always gets a laugh off of me. Yeah, he's very funny. All right, let's talk about Winston Schmidt's storyline. Kelly wants to know, are we over Schmidt having a weird problem and Winston coaching him through it after last episode with the fish? Seems a bit soon to recycle the exact same bit. Yeah, yeah, they were like, uh, we really don't have anything. Like the A and B and C storyline here is the funeral with Jess torn, you know, stuck in a little bit. What do we do with Schmidt and Winston? And they racked their brains, and that's what they came up with. Very unclear why they wouldn't just give that storyline to Winston. Like, Mm -hmm. he has this close relationship with Nick's dad. That's sort of a small plot line through it, or like a through line. But I don't know why you don't just make Winston afraid to see the body, despite how much he loves Nick's dad, and just give that entire thing to Winston. I agree, but I I guess then then Schmidt has nothing to do, and Schmidt's too important to have nothing to do for them. Well, Schmidt helps Winston, you know. But anyway, um, no, I agree. I even looked... I was so confused by the recycling, recycled nature of this. I looked at the order of, like, the shot list, and this was filmed, like, right after and meant to be aired right after last week's episode. So I kind of thought maybe it was, like, five episodes later and they just reshuffled it, but no. Uh, yeah, I always think things like that, but we've usually been wrong when we've guessed that, like that it's just out of order or something. Only two episodes were just reversed. Like, one was shot after the other and they just flipped it. Not mm-hmm. this episode. Seinfeld used to do it, but it, it really didn't matter. Like with, uh, I'm sure lots of sitcoms do it that we're not familiar with. But if if things are not changing week to week, who cares? The one gag I did like with the whole Winston Schmidt thing is when Schmidt kept referring to like the the Nick's dad as like a carcass or like a de- mm-hmm. like it, yeah. it was very funny to me for that. Mm-hmm. I liked when Jess is like, "Who are you? Are you Spanish?" And Jess is like, "No, I'm from Portland, Oregon, the land of books." <laughs> And the Trailblazers. Have we had a Trailblazer reference beforehand? I don't know. You'd love that. Another, like, quick little funny throwaway line is Nick's planning, and he's like, that's for six feet under? How much for three feet under? <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> um, but all right. So we do the funeral. Nick shows up drunk. I, I, this is – I feel like I've been tracking, like, how realistic their portrayals of drunk people have been. Mm-hmm. This, yet again, is a fundamental misunderstanding of how fast you could go from drunk to sober – where Nick shows up absolutely obliterated, and then after, like, a stern talking to from Jess, is able to, like, go up and say beautiful things about his father. Yes, yeah, he's able to rally in what seems like minutes. I do like Walt Miller, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I guess, you know, we're, like, dragging this out, but really, like, we've hit the high points. I like Jess shows up for Nick. There's a lot of eye contact. I think it's a little too far when just joins him on the podium to hold his hand. 
but they want you to like feel the feels between them and how really like Jess is there for him. I like what he says about his dad that, you know, I didn't know if he was a bad or a good person um, in the whole scheme of things, but he was my dad. I'm sure going to miss him. And I thought that's like a nice place of closure for Nick's, you know, uh, will, will they, won't they grief <laughs> this yeah, episode? Absolutely. Oh, another line I liked was like, Oh, we have silverware from all the finest hotels in the area. <laughs> Well, you, I, you're, you're not a, you're too classy. You would never like take shampoo. Do you, are you like, you go to a hotel, do you take stuff home from it or no? Um, no, but I think it's totally fair game to take like the travel size products that oh, they sure. offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying you're not like, Hey, I'm going to take this bathrobe or something. No, absolutely. And, and um, they're, they're wise to that. They'll just charge you for it. Yeah. I, I was at someone's house once. And oh, they no. were like, um, they were like, Something that was like a like a weird looking salt shaker, and they're like, "Oh yeah, like my so and like my cousin stole this from from uh, like TGI Fridays." And I was like, "Well, why?" Like, and he was like really annoyed about it, but he, he had it on his table for like ten years because he liked it. He's like, "What am I going to return it? They won't take it back. They'll throw it in the garbage at this point." So he was like annoyed that it got stolen, but also like used it as like on his main like kitchen table his whole life. I can relate to that. I would if someone gave me a thefted item of that nature, yeah. I would probably use it, and I'd be mm-hmm. like, "This asshole took it." But it's also it's not like a classy thing. It's just like I have a respect for the law. Yeah, you respect the law for you sure. Got, you you can say a lot of things about me. Mm-hmm. One of them is certainly I respect the law. The yeah. other is stay out of Boston. Yeah, stay out of Boston. <laughs> respect the law. Uh, no children. Thirty years old. <laughs> Those are the things people say. Right? Um. But okay, so I think it wraps up sort of nicely. Good, mm-hmm. good effort on New Girl's part to take on some serious content. Jess did win Nick's mom over in the end, and the one thing also is when she says she like apologizes and says the biggest myth in sitcoms is that mothers after a certain age would have this sudden revelation and apologize to their children. Mm-hmm. That's never happening. No, old people get much more stubborn when they get older. I mean, if people are out there like waiting for their parents to apologize to them, that will probably not happen. Keep waiting, people. (laughs) Keep waiting. But you're going to get worse, probably not better. It would take a lot more than like his friend that she misjudged dressing up as an as Elvis Mm -hmm. and singing. Uh, But she says, like, you we depend on you so much. You were just a kid. I'm glad you have someone who takes care of you and then looks at Jess. If I'm rewriting this, and I, I know where they want this to go, mm-hmm. and I don't mean to be critical, I'm not a television writer because I don't have the talent, and I mm-hmm. love this show, so thank you to the writers for giving it to us to critique. Mm-hmm. I wish it was, I'm glad you have people who take care of you, yes. and they cut to all three of them. Yes, I agree. I agree. Two on the nose. You're, you nailed it. It's not even the I, writer. This is direction. This was like the direction should have been like, no, we got we to gotta cut to all three of them. Um, she never would have said this. Yeah, it's it's very heavy handed. It's yes, Jess is the one who primarily takes care of him this episode. But like it is a team effort in the loft. And Winston certainly Schmidt certainly takes care of Nick and has been the one who took care of Nick. Probably obviously to Nick's mother for 10 years. Right. To infinity. Absolutely. All right. Where you started us, I will have producer Kelly wrap us up with. Was there enough or any Chicago in the Chicago episode? Could there have been some hot dogs or Malort or at least a Chicago-based obsession? Uh, sorry, a Chicago band obsession instead of Elvis? Personally, I think Earth, Wind & Fire would have been an excellent choice. Kiwi, do you know what Malort is? I've heard of it, yes. 
Okay, Malort is a disgusting liquor that Chicago people are obsessed with. But not you. Absolutely not. I've never had it. I don't want to have it. My good friend from law school, Marcus, has had it many times. Always mm-hmm. keeps a bottle in his apartment. Disgusting. Uh, what Chicago? What's your favorite like Chicago thing? Are you a deep dish pizza person? I know you don't care about the Cubs. Like, what's your Chicago? Oh, Wrigley, baby! Come on, don't say you like Wrigley? Love Wrigley. Wrigley okay. is like one of the last like old school stadiums. That's Did not true, but it just feels. I mean, didn't they redo it? Actually, I shouldn't say that. Uh, a little bit, but I, it's still the old stadium. Much more than like Yankee Stadium, which was knocked down three times. Um, the uh, did you ever go to a White Sox game? I did. I had a, a boyfriend from Boston visiting, mm-hmm. and um, the Cubs were not in town, so I got us White Sox tickets. Great. Stadium it would have been funny there. if he's like he wanted to take me to a game, but they were too expensive. He took me to a White Sox game, and then like no, I, I took I, him. I broke up with he, him. I'm I took him to a <laughs> game. Uh, and what about uh, Bulls and Bears? Um, Bulls and Bears. I've never been to an NFL game. Oh wow! Well, you have a you have a, a you know a very good friend who's had uh, NFL tickets f- in his family for sixty years, and luckily his grandfather gave them up like a few weeks ago. <laughs> so I would have oh, he... given you Jets tickets. Oh, he gave them up. Yeah, you know what? He figured like if we go to a game, he'll just buy tickets independently. He, for, he can't go like the season's getting longer now. They added a game, and it's like it goes deeper into January. And I guess you haven't gone to football games. You wouldn't know this. Or you, you've you gone to uh, college football games probably, right? Yeah, for but, sure. But those are also usually at noon, probably Northwestern games. Like, it gets it, – it, like, the games in November and December – Into night games, you jerk. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay. But you, the games in November and December – and I'm, listen, I'm sure Chicago night games are freezing. But, like, <laughs> they get way too cold for a 92-year-old man to be sitting outside. It's just not – Well, it's not so, safe. you know, college – we're drunk at the game. So yeah, he he my 92-year-old <laughs> grandfather is not drunk. I think there's – too many pills on the table in his house, probably. Now, was this controversial? Did he offer them to your father? He, he I, passed? I have not discussed it with my dad at all. Um, I haven't discussed it with my dad, but uh, he didn't tell me. He, he's like, yeah, I gave him up. I'm like, I don't know. Are you? Do you feel a type of way? Would you have bought them to keep them in the family? Well, I, I would have liked to know because he had the um, he had the what's your McCall's that you buy, like the seat licenses, the PSLs, the personal seat licenses. And he just, like, gave them up. It's like you have to buy the rights to a ticket when they build a new stadium. It's how they finance building a new stadium after, like, you know, shady lawyers come in. uh, All right, relax. Talk about your co-host, not me, (laughs) Chester. So so I would have liked to discuss it, but I also – it's fine. Because if I go in, he will happily – he said – he actually called me yesterday, and he said, Akiva, I was thinking about coming to – this man is 92 years old. He said, I was thinking – the Jets are playing in London. He's like, I was thinking about going, but it's, like, right before the October 15th tax deadline, so I can't. I'm like, Grandpa, you could, you could probably go. Um, but you also can't go because I don't think you should be sitting on a plane, but also COVID and stuff. He's like, he's like but if you want, I'll, I'll send you. So I was like, that's very nice, Grandpa, but I just don't know uh, – you know, we'll, we'll, COVID pending. I'm happy to – So happy do to you go. feel a type of way? It's sad. It's very – like, I, if I told – like – one of it, it was a big deal when I was a kid. It was truly like probably my favorite thing was going to jet games and we had four seats. So it was me, my dad, and my grandpa, and I could bring a friend to every single game. So it was like, honestly, very good for having friends. Cause like, I was going to say a great way to make friends, great way to like make friends, but also like make better friends and keep friends. And like, I, I would have like, been friends with anyone if they had a ping pong table. I was also was like the... an A. Yeah, exactly. And I was like an a-hole. I would like, Hey, like you want this good I'm game? Shocked. You have to be like, you have to, you, you know, like, Bring me like a soda every day for a week or something. Oh my you know? god, you're such a jerk. I mean, I was like in fourth grade. I wouldn't do that now. <sighs> I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, but um, 
it was it was great. And I would like sometimes I would have friends who were like f- fans of the other team, and I'd bring them. Or then I would go to camp and I'd meet people from other places that outside New York. So like, hey, you like the you know Seattle Seahawks, the Forty Niners? Come to the you know game with my family, and we tailgate. We'd have like a kosher tailgate party outside, and we'd invite my friends. So. We went to 100 football games. We went to, like, 98 or something Jet games. Um, it was great. Well, there's a nice eulogy for Kiwi's tickets. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. R.I.P. All right, let's get to the guide. Uh, Patty says, Jess was pretty much the straight woman this episode, dealing with Nick's drunk shenanigans, Schmidt's fear of death, and Winston breaking down at the funeral. Has this dynamic gradually flipped from the pilot episode when Jess was arguably the most over-the-top wacky character or maybe just a one-episode thing? Can you say the question again? Sorry, just because it's no it's problem. Four six a.m. I'm paying okay. attention, but it's hard. <laughs> Basically, um, hey, this timing was at your in, your request. No, I, it's my fault. I'm just I'm having <laughs> no. It's fine. Um, I understand. Basically, the question is recognizing that there's been a shift where Jess was like the wacky person. Now she was the straight woman in this yes. episode, according to Patty. Do you think that this is a reshuffling? Or is this just going to be a one-time thing? It's a good question from Patty because, honestly, a lot of shows have a straight – you know, we talk about Seinfeld all the time. There's a straight man on Seinfeld, right? There is no straight man at all of this core four, right? Nobody's even – Winston can definitely be the straight man a lot, but he's a very wacky guy. He's not like a traditional straight man. So – I think it, he's miscast as the straight man. A lot. Exactly, they make him the straight man when they have nothing else for him to do, as you right. as you said before. So they need people to take turns being the straight man, which I mean, I guess Friends did that too. Like no, but I I, I don't know who's the straight man on Friends. Is it like, Monica, I guess Monica. It, I, Rachel could be the straight man once in a while too. Uh, but um, yeah, but it, it's hard, right? So they need people to take turns being that person. So it's a. I think it's like it will change hands a hundred times. But it's a very good question for Patty. Um. All right, we already discussed who you think we're going to see again. Who won the episode, Kiwi? Ooh, this is hard because it should be Nick, right? This is like set up as a Nick episode. I don't. I just don't know. I, I, like a lot of the li- the lines I really liked were group things, like the balloons. There's not an obvious. Who's your winner of the episode? I think it's Nick. It's also interesting that we're coming off the episode where Jess is attracted to Nick because he's getting his shit together for the boss. Mm-hmm. But this is where he like actually demonstrates that he has his shit together. Right. Um, let's see what our listeners have to say. Kelly says, I get that none of the characters come out um, in a great place since the entire thing was around a funeral, but I think Bonnie was the funniest slash standout in the episode. If we have to say core five, then Nick, since he had funny moments, we saw another side around his family and he showed real growth in the eulogy slash gigliography. Matt Stewart said, it's Nick. You see a completely different side of him, and he goes through a journey on the episode. Jess was great, too, but the Elvis stuff was too cartoony. I agree with them. I, I think it's Nick. I think Nick, this is, like, a critical part of Nick's, like, personality that I had never seen before and I think adds to sort of his layers and growth as a character. Um, I would say my most laughs came from Schmidt, but, like, when you're doing a bobbing for apples in an open casket, you're not going to win the episode. Yeah, okay, so... I think they're right. I think Jess has to lose it with the Elvis stuff. It's just one of my least favorite things we've seen in a while. So I have to give it to Nick, but it's not a strong win. It's like sometimes you pitch a perfect game, and sometimes you give up four runs in five innings, but your team wins you know, 15 to 8, so you got the W anyway. Wins a win. All yep. right, let's get to the Banana Minute. One of my favorites in our history of our Banana Minute this week. It is a very good one, yes. All right, we have a first here. 
I have an argument with Yosef. He says he's, what do you say? That you're much? Stronger. Then? Me. Then, then me. You say you're much stronger than me. And I, yeah. what did I say? That, that somebody told me that I'm the strongest guy in town. Who? Banana, but not, not really. Uh, so you said you'd call Banana. We've never had a Banana call in the podcast. All right, so call Banana right now, okay? Banana? What? Um, who's much stronger? You. Switching of the voices is more impressive when I hear it. It's like two different voices. He's holding up, like, referring to Yosef, pretending like it's very good. <laughs> no, the best is you'd expect him to, like, do a beep, beep, beep on his phone and be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. No, there was not. He says it's this. Yeah, like, he... no, I'm holding my, my hand as a phone, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He says I'm – I like that he did both voices, and I love that when he I think he, he was calls... holding up a phone, but I think it wasn't – he didn't pretend to call. It was like he was just permanently on. You when know. he calls, I, I more mean that I'm surprised he didn't pretend to listen and then say, like, I'm surprised uh, yes. he played I the role yeah, of banana. I couldn't believe he did that. I was shocked. I was shocked. And then, and then I also love when he says hello, he's calling banana. Mm. Banana responds to him with such disdain. That's like if you called me, what? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, hello? What? <laughs> like, banana doesn't really love to hear from Yosef. Uh, well, I, it was probably like the fifth or sixth time he'd called, you know, that, that hour or something. Because um, imagine, like, if you have one friend on the moon, that's, like, a big deal. But if you're on the moon, like, all of your friends live on Earth, it's not as interesting, right? I also love that he's he's no longer saying Yodape. Yeah. That was clear Yosef. Yeah, that's true. Well, but that wasn't him. That was Banana. (laughs) True. (laughs) So why were you – what was the – what started this? Like, I want more background. Well, uh. I think he was like jumping on me and I said, no, I'm going to like stop jumping on me. I'm doing work. And he said, and I said, like, if you do that again, I'm going to like tackle you basically. Like jokingly, he's like, well, I'm much stronger than you. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's right. Like, and then he went into this whole thing and I'm like, no, I'm recording this. Hold on. Stop talking for a second. <laughs> and he if, you, like, okay. if you compare it to like age and weight though, he might be stronger than you. In the pound for pound department, sure, but I don't. Yeah, that's, yeah, like that's not how like, fights work. Like, well, yeah, you're in weight classes. Sure, like this I was think the Olympics, and I had to fight like uh, a 37 year old Yosef. He needed to fight a four year old me. It would probably be. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Who's who could take? Who's who's winning? A 37. This is more of a nap thing, but 37 yeah. year old Yosef. Let me call my mom and be like, when I was four, do you think I could have beat up Yosef? She'd be like, no. He's like, he like th- he could like pitch the ball to himself and then hit it. He's very coordinated. I mean, he he did a great job with this. This was a that was a very cute uh, banana minute. Um, he came to me on the on the airplane, and he's like, "We need to do four banana minutes." I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "I stole four of your Twizzlers." <laughs> <laughs> You're raising an honest kid. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to the banana uh, the Garner minute, and let's get out of here. 
hopefully we will have another Orthodox, my, my Orthodox dad, uh, Alexander Chester, joining us next week. We'll see. We like we never do. We have not confirmed with him. We have not reached out to him. I don't him. even think we'll he see. knows. Like I think he signed up for it ages ago, but I'm not sure he's like aware, remembers. But he, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get him. I'm unconcerned. No, I'm not concerned. Also, that's that's a relatively easy guest to book. He'll be around. I think we're, we're almost done with season two. Also, it's uh, 25 yeah. episodes. Why they do so many episodes in 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 season two? I don't know, but we should have been done if, you know, we had been available. But let's get to the mm -hmm. Garner Minute. I almost just set a timer for 59 minutes. That would have been unfortunate. So here we go, Keith. That would have been a key, the, the Akiva microwave. <laughs> By the way, I told, I, we had another update. You, I've told that story, right, that, that I microwaved for 11 minutes. I think I've told yeah. like 10 times, right? Probably. You don't know what I'm talking about? I'm very tired. Okay. Go um, ahead. No. I mean, I've told the story on so many podcasts. I can't tell it again, really. All right. Let's get to the Garner Minute. Here fine. we go. Um, go. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Garner, um, let me ask you a question, okay? If you're Jennifer Garner. Oh, shoot. One second. Mm, you've wasted 18 seconds. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Garner. I'm never leaving Brad, uh, Ben. I don't care what happened. No, I'm just kidding. Are you really just going to chew up the Garner Minute? I, 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 like, dropped my phone. Okay, you could just, you just have to fill the time. Okay, One day fine. I want you to do an unprepared Garner Minute where you just riff on her. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, I could have done that, but I was trying to fix my phone. So she has a meditation hour, Jennifer Garner. By the way, she pulls 2 million views for this on Instagram. Now, I don't know if that's like people just scroll past it. They count it as a view. But that's, she's doing big numbers uh, on, on this meditation hour, Jennifer Garner. Uh, Holly Robinson Pete, very into it. She's, she's posting on all these. All right, there we go. Sorry. Worst Garner Minute in I the apologize. history of the minute. I apologize. But maybe the best. I will, I will come back with a, with a good Garner Minute next week. I'm sorry. What, I'm sorry. I, and you can't I answer this. We're razzled. <laughs> you can't answer this. But you said if you're Jennifer Garner and then you never got back to it. So unclear what the role play exercise was mm -hmm. maybe next week we'll find out maybe never um all right there's no way you'll remember that but i'm gonna thank our five-star reviewers uh who left us some reviews so thank you to our five-star reviewers we appreciate we appreciate you appreciate the reviews um oh maybe we don't have any new ones that people wrote we definitely like went up in numbers so i can't thank you if you don't leave a review but we still appreciate just giving us the rating um you can go to anchor.fm slash new girl old guy to subscribe at any sort of podcatcher whatever you could go through to apple Podcasts. again we're number one in old guy so how about that um if you want to leave questions for episodes in advance or for next week's episode uh the link is at lash tweets you can follow keeve at keeve 26 check him out on renap check him out on 32 fans the reason for the season, baby, they're doing 32 fans of the football teams, 33. Isn't there another team now? No, that's uh, – hockey has 32 teams now. That what about the Las Vegas um, helmets? The Las Vegas helmets were, used to be the Oakland Raiders, and they moved to Vegas. Okay. So um, you can check out uh, the listeners. You don't need an Ian on there, do you? What's his team? The Cowboys. Oh, I do. I actually do. Uh, do you need him? Yeah, Jordan Parhar, who's been on every you know every year, uh, didn't respond to my email, and I could go All back, right, well, but I, yeah, I'm going to get Ian. Ian messages you directly, so you can reach out to him. I'm going to reach out to Ian. Um, all right, next week we will be on, hopefully, with Alex Chester. 
Uh, talking about season two, episode 21, Kiwi, I believe in you. It's called First Date. Ooh, I, this is easy. Come on. Nick, Jess, first date, baby. I'm excited. We'll see if there's a love connection next week on New Girl, Old Guy. Ali and Akiva, gonna talk a TV show, and maybe Jenny Garner, so 